It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Training camp is right around the corner. It's time for part one of our two-part training camp preview, and we're going to start with the Cincinnati Bengals offense. You are Locked On Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast. I'm your host, Jake Lisko. He's your host, James Rapine. Together, we are the Lockdown Bengals podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, covering your team, the Cincinnati Bengals, who start training camp in the very near future every day. And today, we will dive into a training camp preview. We're going to start with Joe Burrow. We're going to get to the skill players. We're going to get to the offensive line. There are coaching questions as well. Make sure you check out the episode anywhere you get your podcast or on YouTube, free everywhere. Hit the follow button, hit the subscribe button. Make us your first listen as we all gear up for the 2022 NFL season. And James, as I mentioned, we will start shocking news with the Cincinnati Bengals quarterback, the superstar Joe Burrow, who in many ways holds the keys to the 2022 NFL season for the Cincinnati Bengals. Obviously it's a team sport. There's 22 players on the field. There's 30 coaches and personnel people and assistants and more football operations folks on the sidelines. A lot of people go into winning football games. Joe Burrow mm-hmm. will tell you that too. He, he goes out of his way to praise the operational folks, the rehab, the training staff, all the people that we don't necessarily think about all the time. The bottom line is Joe Burrow will make this team go in 2022 and Bengals fans and both of us, James, are expecting, I think, some progression from Joe Burrow, especially when you look at his stats from last year that included the time he was getting comfortable coming off that ACL injury that cut into his offseason in such a big way last year. You expect him to to take a leap, no doubt. I think that's fair. I, look, Joe Burrow has completely changed this franchise, top to bottom. Uh, he's saved Zach Taylor's job. Fair, foul, it's still, that's what happened. Uh, he elevated this team to heights that ha- they had never been in my lifetime nor his lifetime. And they, you know, they were 90 seconds away from their first championship, and they were a flawed team. This year... As they stand now, they don't feel as flawed. And the good news is, is they still have the guy that was able to hide some of those flaws and, more importantly, overcome them with the offensive line, which we will talk about. And he's been healthy this offseason. And that's the thing. I, I think they have one of these football freaks that just breathes it, lives it and can't get enough of it and can watch film and can digest it and can learn from it and learn from all of his mistakes. And they were inches away last year. And and so I I would expect him to be much, much better 
this year, especially early on, like you mentioned. And uh, don't be shocked if, if you look up at the end of the season and we're talking about Joey B MVP. That could, it's a very realistic uh, expectation, not expectation, but realistic prediction, I would say, which it's really hard to win league MVP. But I think he should be on a short, short list of realistic candidates for the award going into training camp. I think he's certainly in the conversation. No question about that. There are still many national pundits in particular and analytics people in particular who like to question Joe Burrow. ESPN's list of top quarterbacks has Joe Mm -hmm. Burrow sitting at fifth in the NFL. I don't think this is what you were referring to as trash. I think it was aforementioned, but behind the (laughs) likes of – Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Tom Brady is Joe Burrow in this survey mm-hmm. of executives, et cetera, around the NFL scouts. The list goes on. And just ahead of Matthew Stafford and Justin Herbert, his highest ranking for Joe Burrow was second. Last year, he was an honorable mention, and we talked about how he was entirely snubbed from this list. And now, He's talked about with the league's elite, and I think rightly so. Was PFFs for much of the season, if not the entire season, top-graded quarterback? Certainly uh, played through some injury. You take away his first four games of the season, all the numbers look so much better when he was clearly struggling with the knee injury, becoming more comfortable. And that's the biggest reason that we're optimistic. Well, one of several, and we'll talk about some of the others, that being the maturation of some weapons and the improvements to the offensive line. But Joe Burrow having a healthy offseason to train the way he wants to train to improve his game, as he's discussed, and we know he's workmanlike, putting in the work every day, that's one of the big reasons I think we're looking for a leap from Joe Burrow in year three. Yeah, I mean, I feel like he can be LSU Joe Burrow for a full year and be a guy that is putting up highlight after highlight. And you look up in a big game and it's like, does he really have seven touchdowns? Which he obviously did uh, in, the, in the final four to get into the national title game. Had had seven touchdowns on Oklahoma Woods in the first half. I don't know if he'll do that in the NFL, but maybe. Wouldn't put it past him because w- when you make it through all of the adversity that he's made it through, and you're still competitive, and you're still upright, and you're still this close, and you break all these records, franchise records for the Bengals, and you win comeback player of the year, what happens when you actually have an offensive line and your head coach has matured and grown situationally and you can open up the playbook a bit more than what you could because of the offensive line? Like all of these things, I, I honestly, you might be able to – just look up week by week six and it, all of a sudden the the sea has parted and it's just Joe Burrow land and he can just do what he wants. Like I really think there's a possibility where, you know, we're talking, let's say four weeks in after that Miami Dolphins game and there's that, that 10 day, that, that Miami Dolphins game could be the, oh my gosh, what are the Bengals this year? They could be 4-0 and just roll it. Like I, and it would be because of Joe Burrow if they got off to that kind of start. But um, no, I expect him to play at a, a crazy high level. So fifth in the league, I think that's fair right now. But I kind of expect him to be higher on that list, ESPN's list, a year from now. I really do. And uh, we'll see if he can live up to those expectations. I know he has high expectations of himself, 
and so we'll see if he can do it. I think that the, maybe the reason that people and and many are, I would say, in the national media higher on Justin Herbert than Joe Burrow. Part of it is what's flashy, right? Part of it is the the big arm, the the difficulty of the throws, and and the perception that Joe Burrow has to be perfect to maintain his his level of production. The the idea that he's getting a lot of help from his supporting cast, the idea that he takes too many sacks. These are there are some true areas for improvement there. One of those is taking fewer sacks and and being a little bit more efficient in that way because sacks are. I know he talks about third down sacks being different. Not all sacks are created equal. That's all true, but sacks are by definition detrimental and inefficient plays. But he, he was PFF's top graded passer last year, and a lot of that is because he's so accurate and was so skilled at processing and getting the ball to his playmakers. Was really good throwing deep. Jamar Chase has unlocked the deep ball. T. Higgins has taken a step as a deep ball receiver. Those guys, both young, should take steps as complete receivers again. And we'll talk more about the skill players. But everything around this offense feels like it should be better. Mm -hmm. And so Joe Burrow... There may be some regression in some areas, I guess. Like maybe he doesn't lead the league in yards per attempt again at whatever crazy 8.9, I think, regular season yards per attempt. And while leading the league in completion percentage, maybe some of those numbers change a little bit because the last time that happened, I think it was Drew Brees and those numbers did regress. So there's some precedent for not being able to replicate that quite quite that high level of production. But in other areas, he should take strides, which, in my opinion, should make up for it. And and another big variable, I think, will be uh, Zach Taylor and Brian Callahan, the way this offense works. And, and continuing the late-season trend after they stopped protecting Joe Burrow early in the season of putting the ball in Joe Burrow's hands, especially with this remade offensive line. You're a little bit less worried about doing that, health-permitting. Let's talk about those skill players, James. We'll look at the group of skill players that helps to elevate Joe Burrow and this offense coming up next. But first, a word from Bet Online, and maybe you do think that Joe Burrow is going to be MVP this season. Well, if you do, you might as well go to Bet Online right now. Sign up for free and place a wager down. Maybe you did sign up for Bet Online and wager on Jamar Chase to win Offensive Rookie of the Year. I know a lot of our listeners did that. If you're out of the game, Get in the game, and it's not just NFL. You can go to Bet Online right now and wager NBA futures with Kevin Dur- Kevin Durant. Who knows where he's going to end up? Who knows if LeBron James is going to be able to wheel in and reel in Kyrie Irving? I, I don't know. Will that make the Lakers contenders? The point is you can wager on all of these things in one spot, from UFC, boxing, NFL, Major League Baseball, and so much more. At Bet Online. So go there now, sign up for free, and start wagering today. Bet Online, where the game starts. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Skill players for the Cincinnati Bengals are elite. 
if they're not the best Ooh. in the league, they're really close. Ooh. And a big reason for that, of course, is Jamar Chase, who, speaking of those ESPN lists, by the way, came in at third on the ESPN list of top receivers in the NFL behind Cooper Cup and behind Devontae Adams. However, unlike many receivers on this list, did have several first-place votes bolstering his ranking. His former LSU teammate working out with Joe Burrow not too long ago in California, a couple weeks ago now, Justin Jefferson at fourth, his highest ranking was second. Tyree Kill at fifth, highest ranking was second. Stephon Diggs had one guy, one voter, I should say, put him in first. And way down in the also receiving votes is T. Higgins. It looks like T. Higgins is about 22nd on this list of uh, of receivers. And it makes sense that receivers would need to go on and on because there's so many great receivers in the NFL right now. But some of the guys ahead of T. Higgins, I really question, personally. Odell Beckham Jr. in 2022. Fantastic player coming off an ACL, not on a team right now. Michael Thomas, we haven't seen him in years. At least it feels like it. And so I, I do wonder about some of the players included ahead and some of the placements. Some of this is certainly on reputation. DeAndre Hopkins, who knows what he's going to be at this point in his career, was incredible. Now has been dealing with some injuries. But bottom line, talking about the Bengals skill group, not the ESPN list, the receivers make it go. And then that's not even mentioning Joe Mixon who should have a career year if he's healthy behind the best offensive line in the NFL he's ever run behind. And Chris Evans, not to not to ignore Samaj P. Ryan, but Chris Evans is a guy that has all this potential as an offensive weapon, as a receiver, as a runner, as a change of pace back to be this X factor the way that Giovanni Bernard was, the way that Chris Perry was way back in the day. And so there's a really exciting group of skill players here is, is what I'm trying to get at. They are. They're exciting. It starts with Jamar Chase, right? You know, you look at it and he's just, he's special and special is hard to come by. And I know, you know, some sleep on T and I think T is really, really good, but there's a clear difference to me. And the, the best part about this is, is a lot of teams would kill to have T Higgins would walk into Green Bay right now and be, by the way, they passed on him. That's why I'm using Green Bay. Be their clear number one. Like not even Sammy Watkins would refer to him as, as T. Higgins, sir. Like that's how it would go. So I'm not trying to downplay T. I understand. Like T's a freak. Tyler Boyd is a freak. Um, but Jamar's on an, another level. And that's why you pick him fifth. And that's why this unit, it's like sky is the limit now. Because you have this elite quarterback, this guy who you feel like is one of the best in the NFL with a top three receiver like it's realistic jake a year from now when those espn rankings come out there's a world where even if the bengals don't win the super bowl that joe burrow and jamar chase are both number one in their respective position groups and uh i think you did a good job of highlighting it though the fact that you still have a joe mixon you have depth behind him and a chris evans who is a promising young player and that doesn't mean you're overlooking some ajp and ryan i agree uh, but when you're four or five, four or five deep it, with guys that can scare opposing defenses, that's awesome. And I'm going to mention one more guy because I think he's kind of an under the radar addition that's going to make some big plays this year. Hayden Hurst, I think he's going to be a perfect fit. I really do. I think he's going to block just enough. 
He's not going to be this great blocker. He's not going to be, but he's going to be just enough there. And he's going to give them a little extra juice in the passing game. Not that Uzama didn't. He was great after the catch last year. It seemed like he was never brought down uh, with the first hit. But I think Hayden Hurst, he has something to prove. And, and the coaches and, and the player, they're all buying into him. And, and I think he's going to reach a, a level that we haven't seen uh, of him as a football player. And so this offense, it, it's a lot of fun. And it, it's, it should be really, really damn good. And a big reason why is these skill players. And I just didn't want to leave out Hayden Hurst. And from a training camp perspective, that is one of the players that's exciting to watch. There there are a few things that are pretty exciting. T. Higgins coming back from injury. We're going to get our first look at him in this offseason, essentially, when he starts to practice, which it sounded like he'd be ready to go for the start of camp. Jamar Chase in year two. Just a corner wide receiver battles in camp are going to be a lot of fun. I think they were fun last year, but now that we know a little bit more about these guys, that's going to continue to be a whole heck of a lot of fun. And, and, you know, we got to make sure we mention Tyler Boyd here as well, which, you know, a big part of this wide receiver room, a big part of this team's success. But for, for Chris Evans and Hayden Hurst, how are they going to be used? What are the wrinkles for, for those two guys in particular, both of whom could be X factors to some degree? Is there more involvement as a pure receiver for Joe Mixon that isn't just a check down, you know, mm-hmm. in, in the flat that isn't just a screen? Is there an emphasis a little bit on getting Joe Mixon a little bit more involved in the passing game where he's also a very capable, if chronically underused, as we would complain, receiving threat out of the backfield? So those are the three guys, or those are some guys, I should say, that are going to be quite interesting to watch. And then you go down the roster a little bit and you get to some of these roster battles at wide receiver, then it starts to get interesting for the people that like to really focus on who's going to make the 53 with Kwame Lasseter, among others, pushing for the back of the wide receiver room. Mm-hmm. I agree. And, and that's the, the fun part is you have a lot of these young guys that are pushing for roster spots. That's going to be something that we watch throughout camp. Um, and so can they – can one of these guys emerge? Because that wide receiver four spots open. I, I Mike Thomas right now. Do you trust them? I I think they trust him as a special teamer. I don't think they I love think him as a, more than that. I think he has a huge leg up for wide receiver four. It's, it's him and Stanley Morgan, right? As of now, sure. But I, you know, what would it be? Look, if what did Auden Tate? You know, Auden Tate emerged, and how did he emerge as a seventh rounder? And I know he got cut and ended up on the practice squad briefly, but ultimately uh, was able to emerge. And so that's what I think they're hoping for. That being said, there's still a little depth question there at, at that fourth receiver spot, uh, which we've talked about a ton and, and we can talk about more uh, depending on what happens. But yeah, I think um, overall you look at this, this skill group, one of the, the best units overall top to bottom in the game. And the other thing I want to mention when it comes to these receivers, the top three guys because I mentioned Hayden Hurst being, you know, hopefully an okay blocker. These dudes, Jamar Chase, Tyler Boyd, T. Higgins, they'll block now. And they'll block at a pretty high level for receivers, especially uh, of their talent level. So that's the fun part about them is they're not afraid to mix it up that way either. They're complete football players. And let's make sure we mention Drew Sample when we talk about blocking. And let's make sure we mention Thaddeus Moss, who's going to be pushing for that tight end three spot. I know a lot of Thaddeus Moss fans would be 
upset with us if we didn't talk about his. And I think he has the upper hand going into camp for tight end three, competing with Mitchell Wilcox and Scotty Washington back at the tight end position instead of a wide receiver having added some weight. But uh, just looking at some of those those 53-man roster battles, you know, Trent Taylor, Trent Irwin, Kwame Lasseter, Puka Williams, Javon Hiley for one or two spots. That, that'll be fun. And then looking at the tight end room as well, tight end three, I think is is a, a bit of a fun one when we look at these skill guys. Yeah, it, it, there's there's no doubt that there's going to be a lot of intrigue with Thad Moss. And since you mentioned Thad Moss, Puka Williams, you know, will he be able to emerge as a returner? What will he be? I, I don't know. Here's what I'll, I'll say about him. His receiving last year to this year, light years better, looks a lot more cleaner, more fluid in his routes, and uh, looks much more like a receiver. So who knows? Maybe he does make a push for one of those spots. I think it's going to happen. Joe Burrow sure likes him. Coming up next, let's talk about this offensive line, another critical ingredient to getting this team to take a step on offense, a place where they spent a lot of money this offseason. We'll dive into the offensive line to finish the show. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Three free agents on the offensive line, James. Lael Collins, Alex Kappa, Ted Karras, starting free agency with the first announced signing from any of the reporters in Alex Kappa, getting out of the gates fast, adding a premier talent in Lael Collins in a hilarious social media saga in which he never actually left Cincinnati, and getting the former Tom Brady offensive lineman, the center for Tom Brady back in New England, who's also played some guards, so some positional flex there, but the Bengals seem to have him really written in Sharpie at center in Ted Karras. These three guys should make a big difference for this team. Each of them should be better than the player playing their position last year, at least to some degree, in pretty much every capacity for offensive line play. There's questions. Left guard is a question. Jackson Carmen, Hakeem Adeniji, whoever wins that job, Cordell Volson will be a question. But I feel good about Jonah Williams. I've been bullish on Jonah Williams all offseason, like really excited to see what kind of leap he can take. But by and large, there's a lot of optimism here that they found the right free agents and that they're going to take a step. Now, one little note of caution here, not to be too negative, but sometimes spending on offensive line and free agency doesn't always work out. But man, on paper, this looks like a solid group and it looks like they have guys with the intangibles that, it's hard to see these free agent signings be the reason that things don't go well on the offensive line. Sure. And that's the thing is they had to spend. They had to point blank because they can't draft them. Let's call it like it is. All right. They, they are, have been very, very bad at drafting offensive linemen. Jonah Williams is really the best one they've, they've gotten. There's still question marks 
um, about him, about where he's going to be. Now, I agree with you. I think he could be, you know, a top 10 left tackle in the NFL probably. Uh, and they picked up the fifth-year option on him, and hopefully he takes a leap. But they're in win-now mode. And so that's the part of it that's fun about what they did this offseason. You get three proven commodities. You're only banking on one young guy to emerge instead of, oh, what if Michael Jordan emerges and this guy emerges and that guy emerges? I Remember that? I, that, I don't want to talk about juggling three different young guys that uh, you, you know you're hoping – fill three spots now they need a guy to emerge to fill one spot at that left guard position and honestly jackson carmen i think has a leg up on everybody else i think he's the favorite i think on day one of training camp he'll line up there but all of those guys that they had playing last year you know the akeem adenogies the isaiah princes playing in the super bowl even the jackson carmen's their role and carmen could increase if he wins that starting job but their role now shrinks and now they're backups and they can actually learn after getting all that experience, they can gain the strength. They can gain, you know, the, the technique and work on the technique. And that's the part that I'm hopeful for in camp here is can they develop these young guys and turn them into competent players? Because injuries happen. We saw it with Riley Reef last year, right? And it completely changed the way we felt, at least I felt, about this offensive line, the right side was suddenly a completely revolving door. Can Ted Karras stabilize that that center spot? You hope so, but if not, you need Trey Hill, or, or if something happens to Karras, because I think he will stabilize it, you need either Trey Hill or Ben Brown to emerge as a solid backup center. And that's the part now, as we're talking about young guys emerging as backups, Versus emerging as, oh, man, he, he could be the starting right tackle. Never know about Deontay Smith. You never know about this guy. That It's much nicer to be talking about development behind the starters versus guys that you're hoping develop into that starting role. There's still one spot, but it's only that one spot at left guard. Yeah, and I think this is a lesson learned. At least I hope it's a lesson learned for this coaching staff that you can develop guys that aren't necessarily starting, especially in the offensive line. But it is a big test. This is one of the biggest things to watch this year. And training camp is where that starts, is how do they develop these offensive linemen, these young guys that they've spent capital on in the draft? How do they integrate these three new guys who have had, obviously, a full offseason, but we'll get to see them go in full pads at some point in training camp and have full speed competition with the Bengals defensive line, which should be a pretty solid defensive line. We think, right. We talked a little bit recently about Jonah Williams going up against Trey Hendrickson and Lyle Collins going up against Joseph Osai and Sam Hubbard in training camp. Those will be fun matchups to watch. How does BJ Hill do as a pass rusher in particular as a three tech? We talked about this in the mailbag last week, do against the, the interior guys that the Bengals have brought in. And of course, the biggest thing that we're going to be watching in training camp and throughout the preseason is Jackson Carmen and, and how he's competing, what kind of shape he's in, and how he plays. Zach Taylor said at the end of the offseason program, the optional offseason program, that that was just a warm-up to the competition. And training camp, to some degree, is a warm-up for the competition. So much of the competition happens in preseason games, which for many veterans... For guys like Joe Burrow, the superstars, Jamar Chase, and you know, second-year, third-year players, I know. But for many guys of this caliber, it's a tune-up, if anything, for some of these guys. 
But for someone like Jackson Carmen, for someone like Hakeem Adenergy, Deontay Smith, Trey Hill, Isaiah Prince, Cordell Volson, the college free agents, Desmond Noel and Ben Brown, and Lamont Gilliard, who's still on the roster, these games matter a lot. That's where they will separate. And all eyes certainly will be on Jackson Carmen at le- that left guard position, the offensive line in general, but there certainly will be additional focus on the Bengals second year, second round pick after the off season he had. And after the season he had last year. Yeah. All eyes are going to be on Jackson. No doubt about it. Because if there's, you know, you could talk about health backwards, forwards, frontwards, that goes for every team, just part of sports and certainly part of life in the NFL. But there's one question mark. Like Ted Karras is going to stabilize the center spot, right, if he's healthy. Same thing goes for Alex Kappa at right guard. Uh, we think Jonah Williams will be at least as good as he was last year, hopefully better. And we know what Lyle Collins can be, especially as a run blocker, right, just a nasty run blocker at right tackle. But we don't know if Carmen can be that guy. And you hope that – and he did look like he was in more shape in OTAs, but you hope he's in shape. You hope he takes uh, all of the pointers and tips that he's gotten from Frank Pollock, and you hope he shows more than just a flash here or there. You need the consistency. And he doesn't need to be you know, this elite guard, but can he be an average starting guard in the NFL in year two? If he's that, this offensive line should be pretty good. And pretty good is something we haven't said about the Bengals' offensive line in more than half a decade. They were pretty damn good. They were really good in 2015. It's been a long, long time ago, many, many moons ago. I'm not saying they're going to be at that level, but they might not be far off if Jackson Carmen can emerge at that left guard spot or someone else, of course. It's just natural. The second-round pick, 46th overall. He's not a rookie like Cordell Volson. He played at Clemson, won a national title at Clemson, was a big-time high school recruit here out of Cincinnati. Like, He's supposed to be the guy. And and throughout his life, he's supposed to be the guy. And this year, he needs to show that he is the guy to play left guard for the Bengals. Moving back to that left side of the offensive line where he played tackle for the Clemson Tigers might help. He has talked about that a little bit. We'll see how that goes. Uh, uh, Something that we haven't talked about a ton that I'm just going to throw in as a parting note here is with this new offensive line, with the second year of Frank Pollock back in Cincinnati, with the continuity for Joe Mixon and this offense, going to be interesting to see how the running game comes together. I know so much focus on the passing game and rightly so, but we did talk about earlier, this should be the best offensive line for Joe Mixon in his career. Going to be interesting to see how the running game evolves this year with Frank Pollock having more of his primary choices, it seems like, with how early they signed Ted Karras and Alex Kappa and obviously his affinity and affection for Lyle Collins that was very obvious when they signed him. So seeing how the running game comes together, which I know Frank Pollock is very passionate about, he is the run game coordinator for the Bengals after all, with these new offensive linemen, with Joe Mixon, with you know, Chris Evans, Samaje Piran, all these running backs that are going to be running behind them is going to be something that we should be paying attention to in camp in addition to the fireworks that will be Joe Burrow to Jamar Chase, et cetera. For sure. No doubt. That's, man, I'm hoping that we see, in, I hope you saw that clip, by the way, OTAs where Frank was just screaming at these guys. Right. I just, I hope we see that because that's the part that they need. Like we know Jackson has the talent. That's why he's the second rounder and a top recruit. Can you get it out of him? 
And sometimes you can and sometimes you can't with these guys. And for Volson, we know he has the work ethic. Does he have enough talent to make it work? Right. It, it, it's what it is. I mean, that's the question. Is he talented enough to be a starter in the NFL? Maybe not this year, but maybe one day. And you hope that Frank Pollock can maximize these guys because the Bengals are, are certainly confident in him, uh, you know, on record, off record, though we'll speak his praises for sure. And I do think you're right that the under the radar piece of this, and it's under the radar because it's the running game, is how good this run game could be after being so bad on third and fourth and short last year. They may be scary good when they need to get a yard this year because they got some some dogs up front that uh, aren't going to be able to uh, are going to be able to to get some push and are going to be hard to stop if you're opposing defenses that and getting into more efficient situations on second down let's get out of those second and longs at least a little <laughs> bit more than they did last year that's going to do it for this episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast. Our next episode will be the other side of the ball. We'll make sure we don't forget about special teams and Evan McPherson as we did when we went through our top 22 Bengals draft. That was a couple weeks ago. You can check that out on YouTube, wherever you get your podcasts as well. And if you need more content, we're back to five days a week next week with the advent of training camp upon us. But you can check out Locked on NFL as well, of course, which features James Rapine one day a week, as I love to tell you guys, my esteemed co-host for additional NFL content as the road to training camp heats up. Until next time, Bengals fans, who day and have a good one. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.